0: To Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency.
1: Hi, Jody. How are you? Hi, Eleni. I can't believe we're at the end of the podcast season. I was just wondering if we could talk about our Base Beauty end of year party at the Madonna concert. Yes, this
0: is still on my mind. I, I love celebrating big moments with our team, and the end of the year is a huge moment, so... For anyone who didn't know, Madonna was in town in New York City for a celebration tour, and we got to celebrate with our team at the Madonna concert, which was seriously so iconic there's no other word for it she is just incredible well I am like
1: not as frequent a concert goer as you are when we were there the show didn't start until 11 p.m and I am usually way in bed before then
0: (laughs) yeah the the start time was definitely a hindrance to the night but I feel like our team we had people in their 20s all the way up to their you know 60s the people in the audience same thing like I saw young kids all the way through every generation which was so cool but i think that the late delay i know madonna does start late historically but the late delay we later found out was due to a technical glitch which was something we definitely experienced during the
1: show with the the sound yeah the um bass was hitting us pretty hard um what i did appreciate from the show was the artistry like, all the ways that the stage evolved, the dancers were so incredible. It really was, like, art, you know, on the stage. And I thought that was really beautiful. hmm It was so beautiful.
0: It was a really great night. And the, the tech issues ended up working out positively for our team because we had time to catch up and chat in person and hang out at the concert venue in our own little area with all of our people before the show. Yeah, it was so fun.
1: We, like, took over a whole section. It was awesome. I loved it. It was great. We are in our last quarterly theme. This is Health Innovation, and for the show we're going to talk about today, I chatted with Lisa Lundy. She's a co-founder and CEO of Complex Creatures. This is a personal care brand dedicated to making breast wellness mainstream with products, education, and community.
0: I love that. It's such an important conversation. Complex Creatures is really changing the conversation around breast care, so asking people not just to think about breasts during a monthly exam, but year-round as a daily part of self-care, which is so important.
1: This is such a great conversation. Lisa, Lisa was so um, willing to pull back the curtain on her business. She used to work at J. Crew, so she was in fashion for years before starting her own business. So I asked her, of course, if she knows Jenna Lyons, because Jenna Lyons is on The Real Housewives, and she does. But we talked a lot about what it's like to build a business from the ground up. And um, you know, she has to keep her day job right now to be able to make room for complex creatures to grow. So this is a really great episode for anybody sort of in that real struggle zone in their business or in their career, feeling like they're kind of up against a wall. Lisa is very revealing in this conversation. I think people would really appreciate it.
0: Great. It's just two important topics, you know, reflecting at the end of the year and possibly if any of our listeners are setting their resolutions for next year. So definitely sounds like there's a lot to learn from this episode. Let's get into it with Lisa Lundy, episode 246.
1: Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. We are a career journey podcast talking about what it's like to define success and reach for it in the beauty and wellness industries. Today we continue our health innovations theme with Lisa Lundy, co-founder and CEO of Complex Creatures, a personal care brand dedicated to making breast wellness mainstream. Prior to Complex Creatures, Lisa built a successful 20-year brand marketing career working with top retailers Jay Crew. Tommy Hilfiger, Hugo Boss, and others in the fashion and beauty industry. Through products, education, and community, Complex Creatures is changing the conversation around breast care. Founded by two sisters whose lives were impacted by breast cancer, they are bringing solutions to a much-neglected space. I'm excited to dive into the conversation about her career journey from fashion to breast health, passion, all on episode 246. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here and connect finally.
1: So full disclosure for everybody listening, I met Lisa not that long ago at a party. <laughs> so like, yes, you just never know what's going to happen when you walk into a Never room. know, especially at a local party, right? We-
2: <laughs> Jersey party.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were at the Her MD launch and Her MD, um, actually Komal Caruso, the co-founder of Her was on our show. A- I think we recorded a couple of weeks ago, so her episode is probably going live very soon. Yeah. Um, so it was so cool to meet you and your sister and your co-founder yes. um, at the event. We had a really nice conversation, so I want everyone, you know, to learn more about what you're doing at Complex Creatures. So let's dive into Thanks. it. Um, we're, All right. We're a career journey show, so um, the first thing my mind thinks about is, like, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? A teacher. That was
2: really the first thing I... I and I still love teaching and working with people on things, especially when I've had the chance to work with writers over the years. But yeah, I really wanted to be a teacher, and I had three younger siblings. I would hold them hostage in my classroom at home, and um, yeah, that's really what I what I wanted to do. And I, I loved school, and my teachers were really always my role models. I think that's yeah. so
1: nice to hear, because I don't think a lot of people have that experience, actually. Mm-mm. Yeah. So when you were um, getting older, heading towards college, was teaching still on your mind?
2: It was on my mind. Um, I loved English. I was the editor-in-chief of our high school newspaper. And I just loved to read and write and went to college and thought I was going to be an English major. And then got really excited. Actually, very, I'll date myself, but my freshman year Geraldine Ferraro was campaigning for Bill Clinton and came to campus and I've been a car carrying feminist since I came out of the womb with it and my my mom was like what's happening here and um I just, I don't know, I went to a women's studies college and I just got really deep into political science, women's studies and history and was a triple major and thought I was going to go to law school and help women and either advocate for them in some way or write policy. And then I ended up working in fashion PR, (laughs) as one does. So let's talk about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How does one end up in fashion, especially for brands that are as high profile as the ones you worked at, what, which was your, what was your first fashion job?
2: My first fashion job was at Tommy Hilfiger in the PR department and I was the assistant to the SVP of global communications, like pre-internet and um, it was sort of, I was a little bit lost to be honest after college maybe a longer story for another day, but I was bartending, and this woman I went to college with who was also bartending had just gotten a job as a graphic designer at Tommy Hilfiger, and she said, oh, the PR department says they're looking for somebody and, you know, three Banana Republic suits later, and I got the interview, and then I never wore the suits again, but, yeah, that's kind of how it started, and then, you know, it was a very exciting time. It was the late 90s, and, you know, Tommy Hilfiger was really peak cool brand. And I was young and partying and having a good time. And, you know, it just sort of had a little bit of a life of its own.
1: So you worked at J J.Crew. Um, and I don't know if you knew mm-hmm. this, but I'm a huge um, Bravo Real Housewives fan. So did you work um, with Jenna Lyons when you were there?
2: I did. Yes, I was very fortunate uh, to work with Jenna. She's such just a creative genius, super talent. And yeah, we I I got to work with her very closely. She I really feel like she saw me and appreciated my tone of voice. And really, we really had a lot of fun together. And she we kind of pushed things in a little bit more of a funny direction or clever than punny. And um, we had had a lot of fun. And then I was fortunate enough to work with her again on Love Scene when she started that company. She reached out to me a few years ago. So yeah, she's just one of a kind, super smart, fun to work with.
1: So let's pivot to breasts. You know, you (laughs) left a career with these high profile brands. How did you come to focus on breasts as a priority for your career? So
2: um, my sister Tara, uh, she's one of my sisters and my now co-founder, she was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2016. And we had no family history. She was only 37. You know, we're all really shocked. Um, It was something, I don't know, I never thought about much. I had this sort of funny misconception that I had small breasts and that small breasts don't get breast cancer, which is actually not true at all. Anyway, and so going through that process, or, you know, through that experience with her and and then becoming high risk by having a first degree relative and doing this very intense screening process, you know, checking for breast cancer. Uh, it just got us thinking, like, why didn't we know this? Why did I not know that 90% of breast cancers aren't hereditary? Why did I not know what dense breasts are? Why do I not really know how to do a self-exam, even though everybody always tells you to do a self-exam? You know, there was just so much that kept coming up around, this is like such an important part of our bodies. So many people, so many women are, you know, it's an epidemic, are getting breast cancer. And why is this kind of an afterthought of like mammogram, see you in a year? And then there's other issues beyond breast cancer or for skin undergoing radiation treatment, um, recovering from surgery, and then... I also was then starting, I was in perimenopause, um, and was having really erratic cycles and sore breasts, sometimes for three or four weeks at a time. Um, And that's how I started. I'm like, okay, this is something's off balance. This isn't might be common, but it's not normal. And, you know, Western medicine just kind of says, that's like, just part of the deal. But I really looked to more integrative methods of Chinese medicine and um, Ayurvedic medicine and found a lot of relief in different herbs, um, and also lymphatic massage. And so I started making my own oil, and then having had the opportunity and and privilege of working with so many great founders, um, helping them with their businesses, because after I left Full time role. I started a consultancy, and I just had so much exposure to, you know, what it takes to to start a company and build a brand, and I just kind of saw this this space, and um, we started.
1: So not everybody who experiences a health crisis turns that into a business. So right, right, because you could have learned this stuff and educated yourself and shared your wisdom with your friends. Why did you choose to actually like make this your career?
2: It kind of chose me, to be honest, I I really do not to sound all it does feel like a calling. Um, You know, kind of circling back to my college years, and what I studied was women's studies. And I feel so strongly about, you know, helping women advocating for women and change, making change in these er areas and seeing uh, so many other women um, stepping up and making an impact where they can. And once I, you know, once I could see some of the stuff that I hadn't seen, and then became so obvious, I thought, I want everybody else to know about this. I want everyone else to feel empowered with their with their own health, understanding their risk. um, And also, you know, kind of reclaiming our bodies and knowing our bodies. And, you know, I'm an activist at heart. And, you know, one of the other big, pieces of this business, or really our mission is around censorship. And we deal with so much censorship. Um, And so, yeah, just, um, I don't know, it it just kind of happened. It's funny, because it started, I guess it was February of 2020. I was when I first really started putting together like a business plan. And Tara was about to have her third baby. And I said, let's start this company. And she said, I'm having a baby. I was like, oh, I have the baby. I'm going to get started. And then there was a pandemic. And, you know, so it's um, it's slow going. I just haven't quite left my other career. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Let's talk about this um, topic of censorship. Okay. You told us, you know, on Instagram, like, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You can show men's nipples, not women's nipples. So, like, wh- what are the mm-hmm. things that you're finding as you're – bringing this – because this is like their last frontier almost, like in conversations in personal care. Like we have a lot of conversations about like vaginal health, right, skin health, yep. oral health, all the all the other places, the, all the other spots.
2: Menopause, periods, sexual health. Yeah, all of we call it the final frontier of
1: personal care. So um, what are you finding now and what's been um, really surprising to you? So –
2: it, it's not surprising to me that that there is censorship. It's sort of stunning the inequity between, you know, let's say erectile dysfunction can have very suggestive ads, use whatever language they want. Um, it is not a problem, and really anything in the sexual wellness space, menopause, all of that. We're not we're by by far not the only women's health related company that is experiencing this. What I find particularly troubling about breast health is that it is, it can be life and death, right? Um, And so, yes, of course, sexual wellness, menopause, all these things are uh, not to diminish the importance and that everyone has a, a right to access to information and improved quality of life and all of that. But it's just stunning to me how much they block, you know, information about breast health and Even when we follow the rules, Instagram had updated, Meta had updated their policy, saying that if it was cancer related, that it was, you would be allowed to talk about it, but it's still not really the case. You can't show a nipple. So we actually went through a, you know, we spent a lot of time and money and we rebranded and came up with some clever, we thought clever design elements to follow the rules, to play by the rules. Okay, you don't want to show nipples, we will create something that feels elevated and on-brand and in-line and play by your rules and yet still not okay. Tara, we posted uh, on the first about, but feel on the first, you know, it's like the PSA every month uh, and, you know, raising awareness and reminding people to, to check their breasts and we post... Tara, um, her husband found her tumor, so it was it really important, became another really important point for us to encourage people to know their own bodies, mm-hmm. it's so critical, and Complex Creatures posted it, and then Tara commented something, I, it was very innocuous what she said, she didn't use the word breast, there was nothing suggestive, and for whatever reason, Instagram like slapped her wrist and put her on a 24-hour ban, she couldn't comment, like, anything. So I find that it's really when women, when we want to show our bodies or talk about our bodies in a way that is on our terms, that is not sexualized, that's sort of the no-no, like skims and all of those other, if it's hyper-sexualized or suggestive, sexy, you know, kind of more in the, I would say, male gaze sort of mindset, that seems to be Okay. Both
1: meta. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about all the plastic surgeons out there that are posting their um, you know, before and afters mm-hmm. on body mm-hmm. parts on women. Those are live. Right. Um yeah, all those the, are a lot, yeah. All the um, you know, gorgeous friends we have at Base Beauty and you know, all their content. Um, some of it, yeah, being super sexy, suggestive is live, um and yeah. actionable. So As a women's studies expert, what do you do to advance this conversation? Because I mean, you're not alone, like Dame and all these other brands have been up against this stuff for many years now. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: So what can you do with those other founders as a community to, I mean, let's just be on equal playing ground with erectile dysfunction, right? Let's just... Totally. Like, how do we get there? So,
2: keep advocating, keep talking about it, raising awareness. Uh, there's an incredible organization uh, called the Center for Intimacy Justice, uh, created by Jackie Rotman. She could be an interesting person for you to chat with. They're doing really incredible work. They put out a really comprehensive study. Uh, they're working, they filed a complaint with the FTC against Meta. I'm not sure what the status of that mm-hmm. is right now. but yeah it's um and then at times though honestly it makes me want to um, makes me just want to leave this platform and think about where what else can we what else can we do how else can we reach people but but really I think just kind of keeping on in the fight and and sharing with your friends commenting making sure that even on Instagram that you're following these brands and kind of sharing them with people but it's it's very' Disconcerting, disheartening, and um, the, I think you mentioned the post. Just feeling really exhausted by it. it's already incredibly challenging to start um, a new company in a new category, and then to have these sort of additional obstacles. You know, it's it's very frustrating, and um, you know, and then it's also just it's even if it's not a, there are non business accounts, breast cancer advocates people who do um, areola tattoos and just showing women's bodies really and normalizing what it looks like uh, post mastectomy or top surgery or, you know, flat closure or breast implant illness. That's a huge, huge community who experiences tremendous censorship and shadow banning and, you know, they're really just trying to raise awareness and get information out there and help women because women are so gaslit around this issue. It's like, Oh, no, no, it's autoimmune. It's this, it's that it's, you know, you're fine. It's fine. And people having like serious, serious health issues. And then they have their, you know, they get explanted. And suddenly they're, you know, on the road back to health. So yeah, there, there's just, it's like, just, get your foot off our neck. I go back to that old quote all the time.
1: So we have a comment from Brooke DeVard. She, I don't know if you know Brooke, um, but she's the, I don't know. She's a very talented creator. I think of her as super famous. Mm -hmm. So, Brooke, you're like one of the most famous people I think I um, think about often. And she says that she Mm -hmm. used to work at Meta and they worked really hard to mitigate this stuff. So I do want to say it's not Meta alone. I mean, this is like subway ads, billboards, TV commercials, radio commercials, like conversations around topics that concern our health and, you know, our wellness as women um, are not perceived the same by whoever is in charge of regulatory or whatever department that is, makes the decisions about what can run.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think there's another, again, there's so many different, you know, even getting outside of the social platform, it's like there's so many people have opinions about our bodies and about what we can say and how they should look and who gets to talk about them and where do we show them? And you should breast is best breastfeed, but not here and do it there. And, you know, it's like, we just, you kind of can't win, right? You can't, we can't win. It feels really, really hard sometimes to just be able to live our lives and take care of ourselves and share information and, you know, make decisions for ourselves about our bodies. We all know all too well this sort of that conversation that's happening. But, yeah, it's um, it's tricky.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about the entrepreneurial journey here. Um, you mentioned you kept your day job, right? So this is um, still a very small business. Yes, what is the business like like are you um at retail? Are you just on your d to c what like at this stage in your business, what is the priority is it is the priority like getting the message out less so selling products like what spending your time on when like you know there's few resources?
2: It's a good question, and it's been a challenging year, more challenging I think than we thought it's we're coming up on our you know second birthday. And, you know, the good news is we've sold through, we're sold out of our, of our healing bomb, which is great. Um, however, we had to, we need to find a new lab partner. So we're in process with that. It, I think we were really, we're just continuing to try to get proof of concept, which I do think we have on a very, on a small scale and get the word out. And I think we do want to be focused a bit more on, on the breast cancer community, Um, I think there is so, I think that community, it is really where we did start. I think the idea of preventative breast care or caring for a part of your body that you've never really thought much about, I think it's still very new to people. So it's just continuing to really get the word out. I would say is our biggest resource shoring up our, our inventory, um, we have an, one new product coming out um, we have a this brought a lymphatic body brush that we've been selling for several months and we keep selling th- selling out of it and I think people it's funny because they're lymphatic people that work in the lymphatic space or even fascia this woman um, do you know her uh, low rocks is that her name low Roxburg I'm blanking on her name anyway she's fascia. She, fascia specialist and she said i've been talking about this for 30 years and finally someone you know people are catching on and same with lisa levitt gainsley of the lymphatic message and you know so i kind of i'm appreciating that they've been at it for that long i hope we don't have to do this for 30 years before people listen because <laughs> i'll probably be dead by then but you know it it just it takes time to Shift people's thinking. Um, you know, I always joke, like, nobody was walking around with bottled water in the 80s, but now we can't go two feet with that. You know, we must hydrate. But I don't know, did you drink any water during your entire childhood? I don't remember that. So it's like things change. We get more information. Um, and the truth is that only 10% of breast cancer is hereditary, which makes about 90% environmental. Breast Cancer Prevention Partners has identified 23 different factors that go into your risk. They're an incredible resource. And so when you start to think about really all the things that are either within our control about choices that we make in terms of food and products, cleaning products, what do we wear in our bodies? um, I just saw a thing today about period underwear having like chemical in it and that's you know it's like we just we're not like we have to be more conscious and educate ourselves on what is going in and on our bodies and you know breasts in particular are they're they're uh, composition makes them so susceptible to toxins. So even thinking about bras, and what is the material, you know, does it have forever plastics in it? Is it treated with chemicals, and then wearing that on your breasts, and having them like tight with the underwire, and you know, it's uh, a yeah, also just bring a little common sense to it, right? <laughs> like, that's, if you're restricting this part of your body for 10 hours a day, you know, you might want to like, Bring some blood flow to it and um, move the lymph because there's all the and even knowing that all the lymphatic chains like go through go through our neck and our breasts and our armpits, um, there's just so much that that we don't know about or think about.
1: So I think that the opportunity is to through your messaging and your collaboration with all these experts is to make the breast check just like brushing the te- our teeth. Like we know that I'm supposed to brush my teeth twice a day, so I do it. Right, and mm-hmm. sometimes I do it more. So isn't it the same thing? It's part of our our self care. It's
2: the same. We just want it to be part. The way that you, you know, I think about how many products you have in your your vanity, and I ask people, and how many of those are for breasts. Mm-hmm. And there's the monthly, you know, there's the more formal exam, but there is just this everyday connection, like just knowing, even if it's thirty seconds, just give them a little attention, a little love, move the lymph. Um, and and know what your body feels like you know it really can change your breasts really change throughout the month there's a great book where they describe it as like kind of like putting up a tent and taking down a tent every month so as you get go through your cycle the breast like totally changes and then if you don't get if you get your period you know if you don't get pregnant then it goes back and and changes again um, and it goes through a whole other cycle of change throughout pregnancy and then breastfeeding and then when you're finished so the cells are always changing You know they're in a constant state of change, so to to really know know your body and feel connected, um, and I think also from kind of a a spiritual and emotional level, it's it's the place of nurturance. And as women, we tend to be the nurturers and give so much, and really to like take care of ourselves and connect with ourselves is so important we hear about, you know, self-care and, you know, varying degrees of what that means. But really to to connect with your body and check in with yourself is, I think, so important.
1: I love thinking about the breasts in the dynamic way that you talked about. Like sometimes I describe mine as like like busy or active, right? Like it's, yeah. it's like yes. there's like a whole life of its own, right, in there. Really. And the changes affect my mood, my comfort, right? So but there's yeah. not really a lot of like – language around this. Um, I don't find doctors really that interested, honestly, in like having even just delightful conversations about this. I, you know, even if there's nothing wrong, but I guess I'm curious cause this is a pretty um, uphill adventure you're on. Does it drag you down? Like, you know, how do you actually feel as an entrepreneur? Cause this is a steep mountain.
2: I would say just until recently I, I've been like, go, go, go. Like I really, um, that's just my nature. I'm like, of course I picked like something hard. I didn't pick, not that starting any business is easy, but I had to like <laughs> maybe find the hardest thing to do um, or not the hardest, it, it's not the clearest path. It has felt particularly challenging lately and I've been, i fortunate to have all my client work, but working more, you know, it's sort of, it's kind of ebbs and flows depending on my my client workload. Um, And, you know, I'm not a kid. I'm not independently wealthy. I have a mortgage and kids and, you know, all the things that I have to continue to earn a living. And I think early on, I think when you're like, you read about these companies that like start and they're like, you know, rocket ship success and, you know, five years, you know, have a deal within five years and on and on. And I think that's truly the exception. And the more, the longer I'm around and I just, you know, this brand LiliFox beauty brand, she makes these like really beautiful products. And I hadn't really heard about them till maybe two years ago or something, but she just sent out, they're celebrating nine years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think there, it just, it takes time for a lot of you know, sometimes it doesn't, and who knows, like something could shift, you know, in the next month, and we could be on some, you know, rocket ship, so to speak, but it's been a little bit of a, a slower go, and the other day I felt really beaten down, and I think this was, something happened With med, I don't know. But then Tara sent me a text from a woman who uh, we gifted a, a bomb to. She just had surgery. Or no, she's getting radiation and her skin is just really like banged up and suffering. And she sent her a thank you and just, you know, on and on about how nothing has helped her skin like this bomb. And that's why we keep doing it. And I just saw someone join who is a friend and I'm sure she I won't name her but you know she was somewhat indifferent to maybe not loving her breasts that much and through using our products over time we have changed her relationship to her breasts and that's like it's great to help the people who are in active treatment or having an immediate problem but to like I think about I don't know. Do you know any woman who like has a straightforward relationship with her breasts? Like I I don't really. And so, and thinking about puberty and, and all the messaging that's put on and imagine if we all felt good about our bodies and our breasts starting at puberty and like what that might mean for who you are, like playing sports or not playing sports or, you know, your sexual identity and how you relate to, you know, men and women or whoever you want to, be intimate with. And I think that there's something, I don't know. I want to, I actually, that's probably at the root of like, I want to change that. Like I want to help more people feel good about their bodies, know their bodies and be, be the ones to define what, what their breasts mean to them. Um, and not have that defined for you. You know, there's so often for other. And so keep at it one boob at a time, you know? (laughs)
1: i'm an entrepreneur myself um can i give you a little bit of a story that helped me please okay so uh first of all there really aren't overnight successes like it's it's total bs it doesn't happen so like maybe things maybe there's trajectory that's faster Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: that's you know if that's happening it's probably people who um had really um easy access to capital maybe they've done this a few times before people on their team have already been through the journey so like my point is it really doesn't happen, so like despair, compare and despair, like don't compare, okay, but that's not yeah. really what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say is I used to get all up in my head. I've had my business for sixteen years, so we're gonna start seventeen years next year. and amazing. I spent so many years wondering, like, I'm working so hard. Why am I not making any money? I'm working so hard, why am I not making any money? And like years and years and years of this, and that really drags me down, right? So Just a few years ago, I was in Stop and Shop, and I, like, ran into a neighbor of mine in the bread aisle, like I was turning the corner, and she asked me how my work is, and I said, I'm working so hard, I'm not making any money, and then I realized, wait a minute, like, I literally realized this in the food store – If making money was the most important thing to me, I would just have a full-time job at, you know, some beauty company. I don't know, right? Like, I'd work at Lauder or something. But that was not what was important to me. What was important to me is having, like, wealth of time, you know, Um, wealth of flexibility. Those are always been my, like, most priorities. Mm -hmm. So it's, like... I mean, this is years and years and years of this thinking of like putting, like digging a hole deeper and deeper. I'm not making money. I'm not making money. And then I realize, wait, that's not why I'm here. So I don't right. think the money is why you're here, right? And, and it will come and it will get easier. I think the why you're here is because like you have a story to tell and you have a message to share and you have wisdom to give. And that is, I think, your, your total focus.
2: Yeah. Where were you like last
1: week. <laughs> I was right here, Um, probably also having a down day. But yeah, no, that's
2: so it's so helpful. You know, you have
1: your day job, you can yeah. always like, you, yeah. if you needed to, you could always just be like, I have to put this on pause, go get a full time job and take care of my family, you could do that. And until you have to do that, you're going to, you know, make an income the way you can dedicate x percentage of your time to your yes. pursuit here. And know that like the speed of the journey is like completely irrelevant. It does not matter like, Who's has it like the, the clock? Like, is there a clock running? No,
2: just my own my own clock. And so I've I've created I have created some space around that. And I, and I do think we were on that more typical like we did a little f- friends and family raise. We launched. We were we were growing. And then you know and then all these different things happened. We were raising money, and then we stopped raising money. You know and it's like I did an accelerator and it's like, there it just seems like, oh, there's this one way to do it and you should get capital and you should keep growing at X, you know? And I think that seems like it's not where we are going right now. And I think that's okay. And have to, and I'm almost like, it's so my instinct is to just like, keep grinding it out and keep going. And i am actually been like pulling back a little bit more and,
1: sort of seeing like what comes what comes up, so yeah, I don't think your measurable yeah, is revenue uh, at this point like that maybe no, like I mean, yeah. I don't know what the timeline is that might be two years, three years five years who cares i I right. think the measurable is how many advocates are you building in the world, right so you know you have a whole bunch of people who joined here today, they've heard your story they probably share with their friends. count that like how many more people right. can you spread this message to? And over time, the voices that you're going to be spreading this message to are higher and higher profile, and then they're going to go on to their audiences and share this message. That's the job. The job is that, like 100%. Because you don't know what the future holds. The future of this business might not actually be in bombs. It might be in books. You have no idea right? Totally. Yeah. No, that's true. This has been such a fun discussion. I feel like we could talk for days on this I and know. you can call me anytime. Same. Like literally just email me. Call oh, I me. will. Okay. I'm going to. Uh, okay. We have time for maybe like two fan questions. Oh, this is such a good one. How do you start or learn how to do lymphatic massage?
2: Great question. There are a, are a lot of great resources out there. A lot of them are free. I would say one of our favorites, and we sell her book, Lisa Levitt Gainsley. Um, Her handle is The Lymphatic Message. She wrote a book called The Book of Lymph, and it has different sequences in there. She also has lots of great videos um, on her Instagram. We have some. We need to make more. But it's really it's not as hard as you think it is. There's just a few, like you want it to be gentle. There's certain directions to go in, but generally you're you're moving up out into the armpit and away from away from the heart. But it really isn't that hard. And if you want to DM us or email us, happy to to give you more instruction.
1: That's a good idea. Okay. This is a really good question, too. Do you have a favorite brand of bra?
2: I have a few favorites. Really love the, this n- awareness around non-toxic bras. So Vibrant makes a really great, especially if you want a little more, do you know Vibrant? mm Oh, you should check them out. Um, They're non-toxic, and they are definitely more form-fitted. Like, you can really get support Mm -hmm. from them. And then there's a company called Nudie that we really love. They're super stretchy. She also, her sister passed from breast cancer, and her idea is that, like, breasts should be the shape of breasts, Mm -hmm. not, like, jammed into something. Um, And they do also support large breasts, and then chosen woven. Do you remember Monica Bacchier, the Bacquier bags. She just started a new company called Chosen Woven, and she's making wool bras and underwear, which sounds maybe unusual, but again for the non-toxic properties um, and clean, um, clean material putting on your body. So those, and of course Aric's. But um, she's she's can be. A little cost prohibitive sometimes, but we're a big fan and and love her. And she's super eco conscious and really has a, a business with so much integrity. For I think twenty years now, um, it's pretty wild. She's a she's a really cool woman. What is that so, brand? Yeah, Ariks, Araks Okay. Got it. Um, okay. Do you remember is, the un? Yeah, this is Do you remember the underwear in um? Oh my god, what was that movie? Sofia Coppola, Tokyo. Bill Murray. Oh. Then a pause. Yeah, I don't know. But I know what you're it's, talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know Jar- Scarlett Johansson, like the opening scene, the underwear in the on her butt. Anyway, all right. I digress. <laughs> That's Eric's.
1: Okay, this is amazing. we um I feel like we're gonna need a part two of this. But Lisa <laughs> we definitely it's need a part so two. fun to do this with you. This is um our health theme quarter, fourth quarter's health theme. So it's super cool amazing. to talk about this. I'm so grateful that I met you at her MD. Like it was made me Same, so happy. Jody
2: me too,
1: you're gonna do it, whatever the goal is, it's gonna happen. What do they say like something like don't try to control that outcome. Have you heard of this kind of language? Yes, I have heard of this i'm in the
2: I'm in the actions business, not the can't control the outcomes
1: yeah just do just be you just do your thing. Do your put your head down, do your thing, keep yeah, like build these relationships with all these like-minded founders and incredible brands, and you know. Lost in
2: translation. Thank you, Natasha. Lost in translation.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay, so um, thank you so much to Lisa Lundy for joining us for our 246 episode. And to our fans, thank you for tuning in. If you like this episode, please rate and review. As always, make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast platform and Instagram to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and all the fun we have along the way. Peace out, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Jody. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.